Section 17 of Mary Schweidler, The Amber Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mary Schweidler, The Amber Witch, by Wilhelm Meinhold. Translated by Lucy Duff Gordon. The 22nd Chapter. How the Syndicus Dom Mickelson arrived and prepared his defence of my poor child the next day at about three o'clock p m dom syndicus came driving up and got out of his coach at my inn he had a huge bag full of books with him but was not so friendly in his manner as was usual with him but very grave and silent after he had saluted me in my own room and had asked how it was possible for my child to have come to such misfortune I related to him the whole affair, whereat, however, he only shook his head. On my asking him whether he would not see my child that same day, he answered, Nay. He would rather study first, the actor. And after he had eaten of some wild duck, which my old Ilse had roasted for him, he would tarry no longer, but straightway went up to the castle, whence he did not return till the following afternoon. His manner was not more friendly now than at his first coming, and I followed him with sighs when he asked me to lead him to my daughter. As we went in with the constable, and I, for the first time, saw my child in chains before me, she who in her whole life had never hurt a worm, I again felt as though I should die for very grief. But she smiled and cried out to Dom Syndicus, are you indeed the good angel who will cause my chains to fall from my hands, as was done of yore to St. Peter? To which he replied with a sigh, May the Almighty grant it. And as, save the chair whereon my child sat against the wall, there was none other in the dungeon, which was a filthy and stinking hole, wherein were more woodlice than ever I saw in my life. Dom Syndicus and I sat down on her bed, which had been left for her at my prayer and he ordered the constable to go his ways until he should call him back. Hereupon he asked my child what she had to say in her justification, and she had not gone far in her defence when I perceived from the shadow at the door that someone must be standing without. I therefore went quickly to the door, which was half open, and found the impudent constable who stood there to listen. This so angered Dom Syndicus that he snatched up his staff in order to hasten his going but the arch-rogue took to his heels as soon as he saw this. My child took this opportunity to tell her worshipful defencer what she had suffered from the impudence of this fellow, and to beg that some other constable might be set over her, seeing that this one had come to her last night again with evil designs, so that she at last had shrieked aloud and beaten him on the head with her chains, whereupon he had left her. This Dom Syndicus promised to obtain for her, but with regard to the defensio, wherewith she now went on, he thought it would be better to make no further mention of the impetus which the sheriff had made on her chastity. For, said he, as the princely central court at Volgast has to give sentence upon thee, this statement would do thee far more harm than good, seeing that the prices thereof is a cousin of the sheriff, and oft times goes a-hunting with him. Besides, thou being charged with a capital crime hast no fides especially as thou canst bring no witnesses against him thou couldst therefore gain no belief 
even if thou didst confirm the charge on the rack, wherefrom, moreover, I am come hither to save thee by my defensio. These reasons seemed sufficient to us both, and we resolved to leave vengeance to Almighty God, who seeth in secret, and to complain of our wrongs to him, as we might not complain to men. But all my daughter said about old Lizzie, item, of the good report wherein she herself had, till now, stood with everybody, he said he would write down, and add thereunto, as much and as well of his own as he was able, so as, by the help of Almighty God, to save her from the torture, that she was to make herself easy and commend herself to God. Within two days he hoped to have his defensio ready, and to read it to her. And now, when he called the constable back again, the fellow did not come, but sent his wife to lock the prison, and I took leave of my child with many tears. Dom Syndicus told the woman the while what her impudent rogue of a husband had done, that she might let him hear more of it. Then he sent the woman away again, and came back to my daughter, saying that he had forgotten to ascertain whether she really knew the Latin tongue, and that she was to say her defensio over again in Latin, if she was able. Hereupon she began, and went on therewith for a quarter of an hour or more, in such wise that not only Dom Syndicus, but I myself also was amazed, seeing that she did not stop for a single word, save the word hedgehog, which we both had forgotten at the moment when she asked us what it was. Summa Dom Syndicus, Summa. Dom Syndicus grew far more gracious when she had finished her oration, and took leave of her, promising her that he would set to work forthwith. After this I did not see him again till the morning of the third day at ten o'clock, seeing that he sat at work in a room at the castle, which the sheriff had given him, and also ate there, as he sent me word by old Ilse, when she carried him his breakfast next day. At the above-named time he sent the new constable for me, who, meanwhile, had been fetched from Ustom at his desire, for the sheriff was exceeding wroth when he heard that the impudent fellow had attempted my child in the prison, and cried out in a rage, "'Steth and oons! I'll mend thy coaxing!' whereupon he gave him a sound thrashing with a dog-whip he held in his hand, to make sure that she should be at peace from him. But alas, the new constable was even worse than the old, as will be shown hereafter. His name was Master Kupner, and he was a tall fellow, with a grim face, and a mouth so wide that at every word he said the spittle ran out at the corners, and stuck in his long beard like soap-suds, so that my child had an especial fear and loathing of him. Moreover, on all occasions he seemed to laugh in mockery and scorn, as he did when he opened the prison door to us and saw my poor child sitting in her grief and distress. But he straightway left us without waiting to be told, whereupon Dom Syndicus drew his defence out of his pocket and read it to us. We have remembered the main points thereof, and I will recount them here, but most of the octores we have forgotten. 1. He began by saying that my daughter had ever till now stood in good repute, as not only the whole village, but even my servants bore witness. Ergo, she could not be a witch, inasmuch as the Saviour had said, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Matthew chapter 7 2. 
with regard to the witchcraft in the village that belike was the contrivance of old lizzie seeing that she bore a great hatred towards rhea and had long been in evil repute for that the parishioners dared not to speak out only from fear of the old witch wherefore zuta her little girl must be examined who had heard old lizzie her good her goodman tell her she had a familiar spirit and that she would tell it to the parson for that notwithstanding the above named was but a child still it was written in psalm eight out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength and the saviour himself appealed matthew chapter twenty one to the testimony of little children three furthermore old lizzie might have bewitched the crops item the fruit trees inasmuch as none could believe that rhea who had ever shown herself a dutiful child would have bewitched her own father's corn or made caterpillars come on his trees for no one according to scripture can serve two masters item she old lizzie might very well have been the woodpecker that was seen by rhea and old pash on the streckelberg and herself have given over her goodman to the evil one for fear of the parson inasmuch as spitzel de expugnatione orci asserts item the malleus maleficarum proves beyond doubt that the wicked children of satan ofttimes change themselves into all manner of beasts as the foul fiend himself likewise seduced our first parents in the shape of a serpent genesis chapter three that old lizzie had most likely made the wild weather when dom consul was coming home with rhea from the streckelberg seeing it was impossible that rhea could have done it as she was sitting in the coach whereas witches when they raise storms always stand in the water and throw it over their heads backwards item beat the stones soundly with a stick as hanold relates wherefore she too may be knew best about the frog and the hedgehog six that rhea was erroneously charged with that as a crewman which ought rather to serve as her justification namely her sudden riches for the malleus maleficarum expressly says that a witch can never grow rich seeing that satan to do dishonour to god always buys them for a vile price so that they should not betray themselves by their riches wherefore that as rhea had grown rich she could not have got her wealth from her foul friend from the foul fiend but it must be true that she had found amber on the mountain that the spells of old lizzie might have been the cause why they could not find the vein of amber again or that the sea might have washed away the cliff below as often happens whereupon the top had slipped down so that only a miraculum naturale had taken place the proof which he brought forward from scripture we have quite forgotten seeing it was but middling seven with regard to her rebaptism the old hag had said herself that she had not seen the devil or any other spirit or man about rhea wherefore she might in truth have been only naturally bathing in order to greet the king of sweden next day seeing that the weather was hot and that bathing was not of itself sufficient to impair the modesty of a maiden for that she had as little thought any would see her as bathsheba the daughter of elian and wife of uriah the hittite who in like manner did bathe herself as is written to samuel chapter eleven verse two without knowing that david could see her neither could her mark be a mark given by satan inasmuch as there was feeling therein 
ergo it must be a natural mole and it was a lie that she had it not before bathing moreover that on this point the old harlot was nowise to be believed seeing that she had fallen from one contradiction into another about it as stated in the actor eight neither was it just to accuse rhea of having bewitched pash his little daughter for as old lizzie was going in and out of the room nay even sat herself down on the little girl her belly when the pastor went to see her it most likely was that wicked woman who was known to have a great spite against rhea had contrived the spell through the power of the foul fiend and by permission of the all-just god for that satan was a liar and the father of it as our lord christ says john chapter eight nine with regard to the appearance of the foul fiend in the mountain in the shape of a hairy giant that indeed was the heaviest gravamen inasmuch as not only old lizzie but likewise three trustworthy witnesses had seen him but who could tell whether it was not old lizzie herself who had contrived this devilish apparition in order to ruin her enemy altogether for that notwithstanding the apparition was not the young nobleman as rhea had declared it to be it still was very likely that she had not lied but had mistaken satan for the young lord as he appeared in his shape exemplum for this was to be found even in scripture for that all theologi of the whole protestant church were agreed that the vision which the witch of endor showed to king saul was not Samuel himself, but the arch-fiend. Nevertheless, Saul had taken it for Samuel. In like manner, the old harlot might have conjured up the devil before Rhea, who did not perceive that it was not the young lord, but Satan, who had put on that shape in order to seduce her. For as Rhea was a fair woman, none could wonder that the devil gave himself more trouble for her than for an old withered hag seeing he has ever sought after fair women to lie with him lastly he argued that rhea was in no wise marked as a witch for that she neither had bleared and squinting eyes nor a hooked nose whereas old lizzie had both which theophrastus paracelsus declares to be an unfailing mark of a witch saying nature marketh none thus unless by abortion for these are the chiefest signs whereby witches are known whom the spirit asciendens hath subdued unto himself when dom syndicus had read his defensio my daughter was so rejoiced thereat that she would have kissed his hand but he snatched it from her and breathed upon it thrice whereby we could see easily that he himself was nowise in earnest with his defensio soon after he took leave in an ill humour after commending her to the care of the most high and I begged that I would make my farewell as short as might be, seeing that he purposed to return home that very day, the which, alas, I very unwillingly did. End of section 17